Hello, everybody, and welcome to What's the Problem, the show that explores problems that folks in the world of cybersecurity face today. And speaking of today, we are fortunate to have Ambuj Kumar joining us on the show. Say hello to the listeners. Hi, Mike. Excited to be here. Excited to have you. Excited to have you. And I'm excited for you actually to answer the first question here. So can you tell our listeners why you are qualified to speak about security? Um, so I'm co-founder CEO of Fortanix. We are data-first multi-cloud security company. And for last six years, for most of my waking seconds, I have been thinking about security. Um, I have a deep background in computer architecture and things like that. So I, I hope to have some meaningful things to add here. Absolutely. And, and just to help you in bragging a little bit about yourself and your experience, I, I think you also have told me that you um, had invented a few things in the world of security. Yeah. So um, there's a new type of security, and we'll chat a little bit about it, called confidential computing that focuses on keeping data secure in use. Um, and uh, Fortanix was, uh, is pioneering company behind that. So it was our genesis. We were the first company to productize it. Now we see um, a big uh, market uh, momentum uh, towards keeping data secure. Um, so yeah, not, not really bragging, but uh, we were the first one to see the need for securing data. Um, um, throughout its life cycle and the first one to implement it. I love it. And you actually jumped, you know, into the beginnings of our second question. You know, when we were speaking earlier, we were, we were talking about the three states of data, right? It's at rest, it's in motion, or it's in use. And, you know, getting into confidential computing, you know, talk to, talk to our listeners a little bit about problems protecting data in use. Yeah, that is interesting. So if you think about you know, how much sensitive information you have on your phone, right? It has all your pictures, maybe you know, your financial information, um, lots of other things. But if somebody takes your phone away, uh, they're not going to get your pictures out because your pictures are encrypted with keys, that keys are derived from the pin code that you enter when you, you know, start your uh, phone. So encryption secures your data at rest. Um, then if you think about data in motion, let's say that you log into your bank's, uh, favorite bank's website. So data that flows from your um, laptop's browser to bank's server, it goes encrypted using a technology that we call TLS. And if you think about how powerful that encryption is in keeping data in motion, it's amazing. Um, imagine just how many different stages your data goes through. So there is a router in your home, you know, your data goes there, then it maybe goes to Verizon's tower um, that has access, uh, it, it gets processed there. It flows through various network pipes. Lots of people look at it, maybe sometimes it goes through undersea cable um, and finally it reaches your uh, bank's server. And we never worry about our data being accessed in that transit because you know, it's encrypted. Um, when it leaves your browser, it goes encrypted all the way till it reaches the um, machine 
uh, of your um, bank. And, and so that is power of encryption and keeping data secure in motion. But then when think about what happens once the data reaches the bank's server and it gets processed, the first thing that happens is that data gets decrypted. And at that point, it becomes a sitting duck. And anybody who is inside um, the network at that point, anyone who can start any malware, any bad software there, they can steal your data. So data news traditionally has not been secure using encryption. So, so that's what we focus on doing in addition to keeping data secure at rest in motion. And you know, talking about protecting data in use, what I know you have an engineering background, so let, let's get into some of the technical components a little bit here. You know, what are what are you doing that's different than anyone else has been doing? Yeah, um, so we use a technology called confidential computing that allows you to process your data in an untrusted environment. So the way computers work is that there's a root user, there's operating system, there's privileged, privileged software, there's a whole bunch of drivers, et cetera, et cetera. And if any of those, you know, thousands of components are bad, the whole thing collapses. And that is, you know, um, um, because how memory is protected and things like that. Um, what confidential computing does is it takes your data encrypted, um, brings it to a secure enclave where um, it gets decrypted and your application can make use of the data. But that secure enclave is inaccessible to any other software on that machine. And that is enforced directly by hardware. So I do not have to trust my operating system. I do not have to trust my root user. I do not have to trust my IT admin. So end result is that, let's say, you know, I have a sensitive data that I'm processing in China and I don't trust anybody in China, right? And even when they have physical access to the machine where my data is being processed, they can put any malware, any virus, anything, they will not get my data out. So this is such an extreme level of security uh, that it opens up so many use cases, unlocks so much value of data um, that you know um, it, it is just beyond amazing. So I am not an engineer, although I do understand uh, a lot of what you're saying. So I, I I'm trying to help my my fellow non-engineering listeners here. This enclave, it's. Could it be compared, not exactly, of course, but could it be compared to, you know, spinning up like a partition virtual machine or a, a cluster if you're, you know, you're talking about, um, you know, containers or, or a container, like, you know, what's, how is this enclave different than any of the things I just mentioned? Yeah, good question, Mike. So um, it is, it is a partition um, and it is partition on your, uh, you know, uh, computer. And the, the fundamental difference is that this partition is created and maintained by hardware. So your CPU, right? Um, like all other partitions, like your virtual machines or containers, they are created by software that runs on your machine. Mm -hmm. And if I'm a bad guy, you know, I just, uh, you know, muck with your software, confuse it, control it so that I get inside your partition and then I can steal your data. Um, but the way 
hardwares are constructed, they are much more secure, um, not that programmable. So if your hardware can create a partition and keep it secure, then guess what? Even if your software is bad, um, I cannot I cannot get into partition. So it is somewhat similar to other you know um, uh, technologies like containers or VMs because um, it, it's a it's a group of um, memory um, that is accessible to some application, but it, it is enforced by hardware, and that that brings the you know um, um, new level of security. Yeah, the other I thought that came to mind or synonym synonymous example that came to mind is like the the concept of you know a software sandbox, um, which you've very clearly said that this is really secured by you know the physical hardware. Um, and obviously a software sandbox is something you're usually playing around in, right? You, I don't know a lot of banks, you know, JP Morgan Chase or HSBC that, uh, you know, send a, a wire transaction from New York City, you know, through the underwater cables all the way to London. And then they stuff it into a sandbox to see if they should actually process the wire transfer or not. Like that, that's not actually why you would use a sandbox. But in the same way, I'm thinking that like this enclave, this word, the enclave is, um, it almost is like a, a production, uh, again, maintained by hardware, um, by your physical hardware, it's a, it's kind of like a production sandbox in a way, uh, again, just using a synonymous phrase there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, sandbox um, is, idea behind any kind of sandbox is you keep, you know, bad things out. So now it's all question of, you know, how effective your sandbox. And uh, if your sandbox is maintained by software, then you know you are at the mercy of the software. Right. If your sandbox is maintained by you know CPU, then yeah, you are still at the mercy of the CPU. But guess what? Your CPU does not get updated. You know, um, hundred times a day. It's not running software written by three million people. It's not running you know um, a very programmable um, stack of bunch of code. Uh, so it's much more content problem. And unless somebody can, you know, go and uh, reverse engineer how, you know, billions of transistors are laid out on CPU, um, they they would have very hard time defeating uh, that sandbox. So think of Enclave as, you know, um, hardware uh, enforced sandbox, but you do not have to, uh, you know, um, um, provision anything at hardware level. You can use it in cloud. You can use it remotely. You can verify it remotely. So let's say that I give you my data, right? And we have this understanding that you will process my data only in this hardware enclave, right? And you, you, you know, you want to process it outside because you want to, you know, uh, um, um, uh, use the data for something that I didn't authorize you to do. Um, I can um, I can remotely verify that hey my data is going out of the enclave and I can do certain things that will make it impossible for you to process my data outside the hardware enclave. I can I can put some conditions so that you can use my data only for the right application that we agreed to. So even if in a way you have access to my data, you cannot use it for any unauthorized use. Uh, which is, you know, uh, which means that I can share my data, I can run AI over, you know, your sensitive healthcare data, maybe I can try to find cure for cancer without ever being able to compromise your privacy. 
privacy. That's a hot topic right now, uh, but probably the topic for another episode. That's a whole a whole episode in and of itself. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Yeah. Well, thank you, you know, so much for you know stepping us through what Fortanix is up to. You know, educating the listeners on confidential computing, talking about protecting data in use. As we come to the conclusion of this episode, we're going to come to the last question here. And that question is, name a terrible haircut or tell us about a terrible haircut that you've had at some point in your life. Yeah, I, I might get in trouble for that. But, you know, my uh, wife was uh, my savior during COVID. And uh, one of the weekends, you know, she was not very keen on cutting my hair, but I was. And, uh, you know, that, that didn't well uh, to, to, that didn't end too well for me. So I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we share that experience during COVID. I also asked and received a haircut uh, from my wife and it, it went okay. Um, the, I think the big breakthrough, you know, cause men, especially with shorter hair, uh, like the two of us, uh, men tend to get haircuts more often than women. And, uh, she always used to ask me, she's like, you're going to get a haircut again. Like, are you serious? <laughs> and the one breakthrough we had in our, our marriage was she started cutting my hair and she's like, there's so much hair here. And I was like, I, this is what I've been telling you. Like, this is why I get a haircut every four weeks. It's a, it gets out of control. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much for educating uh, the listeners. And I think that the listeners actually might want to reach out to you or, you know, speak to somebody from Fortanix. What's the best way for them to reach out to your business and also to reach out to you? How would you prefer that they communicate with you? Yeah, um, I'm available on LinkedIn and Twitter. I'm Butch Kumar. Um, uh, Fortanix, you can find us at uh, you know, on our website. Uh, we will also be at RSA um, first week of June. Uh, so if you are traveling here, I'd love to meet you in person too. Awesome. Well, thanks for being on the show. And if you would give a, a digital wave to all the listeners as we close out here. Yeah, it goes. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs>